like a middle-aged dirt bag. It's Radio Free Tote Bag, and I'm Audrey. I'm Donovan. Uh, joining us this week from the uh, band Wheatus, it's Brandon. Hi. Welcome. Thanks for having me. Of course. So Don- you, Donovan is, is already, you missed so much. We already like had a full podcast. Full <laughs> we, yeah, we did. It was the most podcast shit in the world. We're talking about Twitter beefs from a decade ago. It's awesome. <laughs> What did we start with? We start. You you talked about iced tea somehow, right? Sounds like me. Yeah, does sound like me. And I brought up the Twitter war with uh, with Amy Man. Amy Man, <laughs> and then because that's vintage. That's almost probably a decade by at this point. And then we then we talked about synthesizer warfare, right? Modular yeah. synthesizer wars with modular synthesizers. And I told you that if you're going to do something like that, you can't do it and not include fire tools. The artist fire tools. Yes. So then Which you I got just on learned. Fire Tools, and you loved Fire Tools. I did. Rainbow Bridge is a very cool track. Yep. Here we go. I can't wait to listen to more of it. And I missed in. out because yeah. of my connection bullshit. I, I'd swear it's with musical acts, Brandon. We had Max from Eve 6 on, and I got fucked by leaving my VPN on that I used oh. to watch Love Island UK. Oh. And that, that fucked up the beginning of the episode. And this time it's just something in the air. Because we're having a little bit of a stressful week. But mm, if yeah. you all put your hands together and pray, listener, and just say, Jesus, please bless this podcast. Please <laughs> bless Dono's internet connection. Then maybe we will make it to the end. Our Father, me- who art in the cloud, blessed yeah. be thy name. So, so uh, point of technical order, uh, am I loud enough? You know, you could be a little louder, actually. Okay, and I'll I do that. Feel Watch like- this, crank that I have, shit a little bit. I have knobs. I have knobs. Will podcast. You've got a ton. There's a ton of knobs. There's behind so you. many you're, fucking knobs you're, you're in my field in of vision right now. All okay, kinds so, of racks. So I, th- I think I just knobbed up. Is that sounding more knobby? You knobbed, up, you knobbed up a little this bit. That's perfect. very good. Okay, good. good. <laughs> so to, I, listen, to the listener, it's all going to sound the same because I put a compressor on it. it oh, limiters, it compressors! Look out! Here we yeah, go. Yeah, with a gate, baby. You know what? That's professional. That's Lock right. the gates, <laughs> etc. <laughs> I need podcast. to say at the top, Brandon, how you got on this show because you're you're fucking rad, and I need to give you an update on on where I'm at. I, Brandon you know, is. I was in, waiting. I was waiting to hear it all. Yes, uh, this is a break update segment. Brandon Damn, is in the update. in the relax chat with us, and and Max and Front and other folks who have Taser has been on the show. Uh, and I posted in there a few months back, like leading up to the breakup, like, hey, my life is fucking awful right now. I'm having a bad time. And you were like, hey, I'm playing a show in Chicago in two weeks. I'll get you breakfast. That'll Hopefully that'll cheer you up. And that was just the nicest fucking thing in the world. Damn. And then we went and did that. And you gave me some advice on things. And like, I'm very, very genuinely having that to look forward to in like that really rough lead up to it. That was that was huge for me. So I really fucking appreciate that. Oh man, I'm so glad to hear this. Um, yeah, you know, uh, I've been where you were, um, and you didn't even need to tell me anything to know that, because because <laughs> people who are in that state are just kind of leaking all over their clothes, and there's nothing yep, they can yep. do about it. You know, um, it's not fun. Nothing it's not it. fun, but there but there's some kind of weird like oddly comforting uh side of it and i can't really put my finger on it it's like it's almost i don't know if you share this experience but like relationships are on some level 
out of your control and you have mm. to like just let go of it on always somewhere somehow yes. even if it's a good one right there's yeah. like there's like a degree of like i am not in control of this because it's two people and there's autonomy issues and blah 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 so um i don't know but i don't know what that is maybe somebody will write a book an important book on that one day maybe we'll do a chapter on it in the radio free tote book and the radio free tote book now we're talking now we're toting. <laughs> no, for I, I think that's a really good point. And like so so since then, I I we met up like a week or two before we we broke up. And I will say, yeah, there was some relief because you get to the end of something and things are just getting bad in whatever ways are stressful. And there is just that I felt like I was white knuckling for a month, just like I have to keep this together. I felt like I was strained at all times trying to do that. And that just fucking wrecks both the inner relationship. And so burp for effect. (laughs) And so (laughs) it fucking sucks to like be in the breakup and I've been doing updates. It was a gentle, vulnerable burp. (laughs) (laughs) Leveling it all out. Uh, and so it still sucks, like being on the other side and figuring out, like moving and all of these things. But yeah, I, I don't know. I feel like there's been been growth in it, and and for me, like the tendency to white knuckle stuff and like not be able to let go of things generally, and kind of just be like, whatever is going to happen is going to happen. That's like something I've been trying to work on my entire life. I have OCD. It makes it very difficult to let go of things that sure. make you feel strongly. Um, but I've definitely been feeling that and, you know, it's been a couple months now and some healing is taking place and it still fucking sucks. And I, I'm not going to, the listener knows what I'm going through there, you know, work stuff and fucking figuring out moving and all this stuff. Uh, but I am like, I, I, I hate this in a way cause it has sucked so much, but I am getting that sense of like, Oh no, there was personal growth happening here. Actually, this will probably end up being good for me. Yeah. But that's not a fun thing to like admit. Recognizing that you're recognizing that your misery has some utility in your life that like, wow, I kind of like needed to feel that in that time. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, well, you're kind of, you kind of like, as you get older, I mean, I get, I'm not, I don't know if this is true, but am I older than both of you? Maybe by I'm not sure. I'm, I'm about to be fifty. I'm thirty four. Oh, yeah. So it's okay, definitive. So, yeah. So <laughs> we're, um, we're wee babies. Yeah, we're we're tiny children. Now now when I uh I have met uh and worked with twenty five year olds who uh if I were also twenty five would make me look like I hadn't graduated eighth grade yet. Sure. Like, yeah. So, so, so maturity, yes, maturity is this sliding scale. Some people achieve an enormous amount in one area before they get to a certain age, but are deficient in other areas. You know the story, right? And those people infuriate me to no end when you yeah, like, sure. meet somebody who is just like, wow, yeah, you're on top of the world. And I, you know, I kind of just got out of mom's house. This yeah. is not, <laughs> it's not chill. In some ways, but not others. You know, people like Brandon saying, usually you got some kind of thing you're behind yeah. in or they've just nailed that maybe everything. Maybe they don't, you know? Yeah. Yeah. You got to feel some hard shit to get the wisdom. Yeah. I'm trying to come back to this. My mom keeps saying this with the breakup is like, well, now if people write in in that situation, you can actually speak to what it's like. And that's a shit consolation prize when you're still feeling the thing. But I'm getting to the point of like, 
Okay, fuck. I'm learning a lot about cohabitating and progression of a relationship and, and uh, I don't know, handling my own own feelings and, and what I can kind yeah. of deal with. And I feel like we're losing a point, Brendan. I think you were going somewhere. No, no, I think Sorry. he's on. It's, okay. I think what I was going to follow up on what you're saying, Donovan, is like, okay, so like maybe maturity or maybe like if there was, we were able, able to summarize a generalized concept of maturity. It's the rate and healthiness with which you incorporate um, <clears throat> the dark side of humanity and failure into your every move, right? Into sure. like, yeah, yeah, yeah. like you just kind of balancing it always and just like you're not negative and you're not positive about it. You're just kind of on this, on this perpetual acknowledgement tip. And <clears throat> that's how you avoid getting into, as I get older anyway, um, spiraling imbalances with your partner. Right. Because yeah. you're constantly reminding yourself that like, well, I do things wrong and so does she or he or, what, you know, and you're and you're kind of like just like working on a level of like we suck kind of on, on, on all the time, you know, <laughs> sure, <laughs> you know, and and but when you're young, you look toward relationships as these like pa panacea kind of like um, mm. if only I could find my forever you know, yes. soulmate and blah blah blah, it and like fix everything in my life. Yeah, right. You're right, and and that and then you extrapolate that to other things. You extrapolate it to your career, right? This like this notion, like you're constantly battling this notion of perfection, and like and you're 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 uh, and it causes um it causes procrastination because you're like in your in your career and in your relationships, you're kind of like, well, it's not perfect yet, so why should I get off my ass? Yes. You know, mm. and all that stuff. And that's all just uh, the the mythology. You know, capitalism feeds us a lot of myths to keep us spending money on the right shit. Right. Yeah. And then one of those things is weddings. Right. Wedding <laughs> 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 weddings. Yeah, you, just, are... you just hit me with the billboard from fucking They Live. You right. Just, like, right. Procreate. Yeah. What it says behind it. How expensive. Our wedding's gonna get everybody like fucking I, real. talking about people spending a hundred over a hundred thousand dollars on and they're not wealthy people, no. right? They're putting it all on the credit card for one day. But it's a perfect day. And yeah. it's be perfect. <laughs> it's so much pressure. It's a horrifying <laughs> amount of pressure. Right. But but it's and it's not just it's not just cheesy mainstream wedding culture because that that illness of perfection invades all of our relationships in our, and wherever you are, you could be like the hippest of all hipsters working at a bar somewhere in, in Bushwick. And you can still be a sucker for this fucking perpetual, like perfect machine that you're just kind of like, well, I'll wait for now until it really, until it really feels right. And that's yeah. a good way to never learn anything and, and, mm. you know, and kind of be lazy and, and, I don't know. I could go on about that, but I love I, it. I feel what you're getting. It's like at. a good point. Because there's, I feel like you. I, I don't know. I felt like I'm on a bike through my life, and I had a time of like completely unearned confidence, and I'm perfect, and everything is great, which makes you act like a huge asshole and not do a whole lot of growth. Then right. you go back the other direction of, oh fuck, I was a huge asshole. Actually, the world is dog shit. Everything is doomed. I might as well not do anything everything is absolutely doomed so why why do anything yep 
And I find I'm coming to this place and I've really been feeling this the past couple months of like, on the one hand, breakup and job stress and moving. My dad was in the hospital for a bit. Shit's happening to friends. A bunch of bad shit. On the other hand, like, I'm at the most confident point in my life I think I've been in like a good, healthy way. And I feel like I have a good handle on my mental health. And like, despite all of this shit, like I've been continuing to function in this way where before I think I would have just shut down. I'm, it's weird to be like, fuck, I'm exhausted and overwhelmed, but like also some things are good and I can like hold this uncertainty while still functioning. Like I couldn't do that shit five years ago. Yeah. And it's a very weird place to, to find myself, but like a, a good one. And I think that's what I was getting from what you were getting at. Brandon is like, just work with the shit that you you have as best as you can. And the skill set is like just being able to function in whatever those circumstances are as best as you can instead of everything is doomed or everything isn't completely perfect right now. And so I can't feel fulfilled or relax or, or yeah. whatever good things yeah. you can Be take. Be a cockroach. Like figure, yeah. out, figure out how to survive <laughs> the whole thing, you know? Um, you know, I mean, um, if like – shit can suck when you get successful too what you're describing right now is is like if you're if you're like you know for for vast periods of our career there was nothing going on i mean crickets right and and i notably from about 2005 until about 2014 uh 13 um those years for us every six months we were like well this is probably the last time fuck right and then some weird little thing would happen and it wouldn't it wouldn't get you out of trouble but it would be just enough to reignite because you're on you're on a passion trip anyway you're not there for the money you're there to like be be in a good band right so this is that's a and that's a fucking problem because you're (laughs) you're maybe making making some terrible business decisions to enable this daydream that you had when you were 10 years old and watching angus young on television right so you know um there and there are points where your endeavor can be really bad for you like in my life um going back a long ways we're talking about some serious uh trauma some some um uh uh, some sexual abuse survival and and we're we're it layering on this like music thing that that represents a control a control interface right mm-hmm. so like oh boy grab onto that at a young age and yeah sure playing guitar for eight hours a day instead of going outside what the hell's wrong with that you know? <laughs> like, what could be the problem there right and there are all of these there are all of these like mythologies that society and capitalism put on that because it's like the artist should suffer in order to make great art and blah blah right. blah right right okay maybe but like <laughs> at what point are you in a destructive relationship with your art form yes. you better believe because i was a fucking club dj for a long time you want to talk about a destructive fucking musical journey i can like i realized this the other day i can barely hear out of my right ear <laughs> because i <laughs> I would put the headphones on like that when I was doing the monitoring because you want to hear the room tone. Because you, want to you love music. Because so I fucking love music, man. <laughs> <laughs> like I, I'm fucking half deaf uh-huh. in my one ear. 
Yeah. But so, just aiming for what is the healthy point that can be sustained and where you can get in a place that you are at, at peace and functional and there's good moments in there versus everything has to be perfect all of the time. And if I'm not hitting that, I'm going to keep trying to do that until I fall to pieces. Yeah. Well, a, what a also avoid. How, how how useful is something that comes out of me that does not match that perfection uh strata mm. right yeah like, what's the utility of a yeah thing exactly that like perfect. like i did something it came out different than i thought it was gonna than my wildest dreams were had it and like uh, refusing to say well i didn't get it right so i'm a piece of shit yeah <laughs> right that's, instead that's kind of being like on. well i mean how much of a piece of shit is it and like what like how useful can shit be, you know? Like that kind of like fertilizer out of it. You can make right. bombs out of that. Right. That's, you know. <laughs> exactly. I look on. I look back on some of the lyrics that we had on our first album, and I'm like, man, you really went to a boys' Catholic school, didn't you? You know? <laughs> didn't you? Yeah. Like, like, holy god, damn it, this is bad. This is like you're. And I realize, in some sense, I'm. I was just like sort of scribing, like you know literal verbatim of the shit that kids said to each other in my high school right um now if i wasn't in a blind spot convinced that that would make a good song at some point mm. i may have actually buried that in a place i could no longer find it right right so like yeah. you're and then it's part of a blind spot that's even worse you know yeah so i i, I I don't know what it means to to be vulnerable, vulnerably shitty in your work. Yeah, <laughs> maybe it's maybe it maybe it does have some value. Could I, be. I think that's what that's what makes stuff human. Ultimately, it's risking that part of it. It's not going to sound perfect, or this relationship isn't going to be perfect, or the project I've been putting years on is going to have downsides. But I don't know. I feel like. That kind of stuff adds ends up adding a human quality because ultimately everybody has some kind of shittiness to them or something mm. that's not their their favorite thing. And if everything was perfect all of the fucking time, I, it's just not particularly interesting. We'd it, all be it, Donald it Trump, like. exactly. <laughs> and then there'd be a bunch of presidents at once, and that's just a goddamn mess. <laughs> Too many presidents spoils the country. Spoils the the president's soup. Can I, all can I run back for a second and hit a segue? Yeah, go ahead. What you got? You know, maybe it's not going to come out perfect. Like maybe an instance where you shit your pants at the zoo like Vic Berger. You know, maybe it's not going to be everything that you need it to be. But we got to stop, you... stop going to that exact same one because I feel bad for him. He's like the sweetest guy I know. He fucking is. And we constantly talk about him shitting pants at the zoo. It was just the best story. It was just very good. Um, so the utility of, of something might be that you have a story to tell on a podcast years later. Uh, Let's go. Brandon, would you please regale us with a tale of an embarrassing dating or relationship story? Oh, my have? God. So we're going back to that little period that I was telling you about. Um, I think it was the summer of 2010. I was single and dating. Now, mm -hmm. this may be the only time that that's ever been the case. Because I'm a I'm a long relationship person. Sure. Right? Yeah. Um, but um, I was on a date with a scholar, 
And uh, she was uh, way, way out of my league in the brain department. But I, <laughs> I found I found her so uh, fascinating and, and amazing and um, and a, and different from all of my previous like typing and like all that bad shit yeah. that you do. So so like it was a it was a learning experience on more than one level. And uh, she took me to see the national. Uh, oh, yeah. And in Prospect Park <clears throat> and. um Oh my God. It was a beautiful night. It was like a summer, like a cool summery night. And like everybody had their blankets out and it was before the mosquitoes really set in. And it was just like, like the, and the national came on and just, just blew the place away. They had such a good night. And I was, it was the first time I'd seen them live and, and, uh, and I was really just like feeling it and sort of, I began to like percolate into like a, not I don't want to say regressive, but like like a work mentality of mm. of music a little bit. Just and I was really like I was suddenly at school and I was paying close attention, and I found myself at one moment like like blasting through um, play counts on something. I forget what it was. Like sure. may even have been MySpace. I'm not sure. Like it was yeah. just like it was like back in the day, and um, and she saw me doing it. And she knew, she looked over my shoulder really quickly and she knew, and she said in my ear, are you feeling a little insecure? Shit. And I, I oh. went, oh, holy crap. I totally am. She's like, not busted, but like her compassion was just like snapping down like a rubber band on my blind spot really hard. And, yeah. and I felt like such an idiot, like such a fool for having my phone in my hand during this process and sort of spiraling into a version of work mode. Um, uh, and I was embarrassed. I was like, like well and truly embarrassed to have taken the date out of the moment that it could have been. Yeah. And, and taken it to this weird, um, uh, solitary place, mm. you know, like it was a bad, it was a bad vibe. And I realized then like, I'm not very good at dating. This is bad. Like, you know, I, I, I'm, I'm not present. I'm not pre yeah. Like I'm not present for this. Um, and you know, that makes sense. I went to a boy's school you know, on Long Island that I commuted back and forth to on a train. So what reason would I have to have good dating experience? Absolutely none. So, um, but, uh, but yeah, that was my most like embarrassing date moment. Like, oof. and we weren't drunk or high or yeah. anything. You're at the national. Like, it was just at the national, just chilling, you know, and I was like sober idiot. <laughs> which is a really a way worse idiot than one where you wake up the next morning and you're like, I wish I didn't say that to that person. I should have sure. had one right. less beer, blah, blah, blah. No, 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 excuse. no, no. The sober move that sucks is way harder to deal with. Like there's nothing, there's nowhere to go. Yeah. <laughs> Cause that's just like a natural insecurity coming out. There's nothing to be like, Oh, I was drunk or whatever. That's like, Oh fuck. Maybe I need to reevaluate like being present for things like this or like yeah. staying focused on the person I'm spending time with. But yeah. now like this anxiety and security spiral has popped up without realizing it is how that happens so often. And I can imagine somebody being like, I, you know, seeing what you're doing and are you okay? And you're not aware of that. That has to be horrifyingly true. Well, what was great, what was great about it was it's like if I was standing next to, if I was dating another music professional, she probably wouldn't have pulled that trigger. Right. 
Because yeah. there's a bit of, uh, oh, yeah, I might do that too. But right. this person was in, in uh, uh, you know, a scholar in scholarly practice, like in, 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 um, in grad school and like getting ready to defend a thesis and, and, uh, was there for the pure, like not industry side of things. Right. Yeah, just caught, there to listen. Me, caught me being business class and, <laughs> and in an insecure way too. And she was right. Like yeah. she was totally right. And, That's uh, crazy. it was, it was an eye opener. It was one of the most potent. I, I still have moments where I think about that, incident and go like <gasps> <laughs> did you ever is there an apologue did you ever go out with her again did oh it, yeah like, yeah we, we, we dated the whole summer and uh became much better friends than romantic partners which was great yes. we, you know um uh but uh but then i then I went on tour and it was we grew apart and I couldn't live in Brooklyn anymore for financial reasons and blah 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 so you know we it was but um but yeah, that happened. <laughs> I love it. That's a very good story. <laughs> I, I know exactly what you're talking about with the like inability to evaluate something outside of a professional context, like or like having a hard time doing that at times. Because like, like I said earlier, I was a club DJ. I would evaluate every piece of music I heard based on its utility in a set. Right. Like, and I found myself, you know, not able to really enjoy music the way I used to. Right. Well, on some level, you're thinking along the lines of like, I need to make my own show better. Yeah, right. what can I, definitely. What can I learn about right now, right here, and serve and and feed this impulse to, you know, See, like that, answer these questions. That to I, me is the sign of like a real fucking grinder, like somebody who really wants to do well is like just you're stuck in it. Like you have no, you got that. Mode but you gotta have it. the balance with that thing, because no, like yeah, no there's stuff to learn ever. there, and it's good no. to practice that. But also like. I don't know. The point of going to shows for most people is you get to fucking let go and dance and listen no, to the ruin, music or whatever and see where it takes you. Ruin yourself for your art. Crucify <laughs> well, yourself. So, so since then, since then, I was able to, every time I walk into a show where I'm really excited about seeing it, um, and in particular ones where I may or may not have um, a, a relationship with with somebody who knows the artist or the artist themselves, right? The closer I am to it, the more I have to focus on being a fan. Like, mm. and I do a little bit of meditation on like, do not business class your, your, in, your joy out of this yeah. experience, right? Do not do that. Like there's no, there's no, there's nothing to learn from a competitive point of view of all of this. Like there's mm. the, that's, that's a, that's a rabbit hole. You should just absorb, just absorb, absorb, you know, like learn, learn. And it's been much better since then. I'm grateful that she called bullshit on me in a compassionate way because it was like, okay, now you have to reevaluate the way you process other people's performances. It's not about you. Yeah. It's about like, you know, what they're doing for the crowd, right? We yeah. love a gnarly, embarrassing dating story with bodily fluids or solids, but I'm very much appreciating something where, like, you learned something out of it. We love that. That's yeah. so good. I, well, I, maybe it's not relatable at, at, right now, but it was devastating. It was devastating. You know, and I'm pretty, I'm really thick-skinned. Like, it takes a lot. Like, for me to be insulted 
or or feel feel undermined or or insecure or something like take you really have to work you know because i've been you know i've been on the road I, for a long time i started in the music industry in the 90s and the first time i played cbgb's was 92 jesus you know like i've been around <laughs> <I've done shit. laughs> you know um, I've been on tour with Eve Six. I mean, come on! <laughs> shouts, shouts out! Oh God, Max's embarrassing story that he told was so fucking good. What was it? I didn't listen. Tell me. Uh, so they were touring with Goldfinger, and every night they would come out, and the Goldfinger crowd would be like, "Fuck you! You're not punk radio rock piece of shit. Yep. Fuck off!" Yep. And so there was one night, particularly rowdy motherfucker was in the front row, and he just goes and he pours his beer on his head. <laughs> he's like man he's feeling good he's like i got his ass then he goes and he puts his foot up on the wedge like a rock guy does and he must have gotten some beer on his shoe because he slips off the wedge and fucking falls over <laughs> we love well okay. thank you thank you for uh sharing the story brandon how do we feel about pulling our collective experience together and trying to solve some of the questions that the listeners have okay into it all right, but first, a quick word from our sponsor. Oh God, what's my what's my bit going to be this week? Usually, I like kind of had something in my mind, and well, I was I was thinking of something that I had in my mind. What do you got? I was introduced to something this week. I figured we flip it up a little bit. We put the plug here in the middle for something that I, I spoke to a, a creator earlier this week. Oh yeah, uh, we, we have an actual ad. Yeah, we have an actual ad. How cool listen is to our that Patreon shit? though. Patreon.com yeah, slash Patreon.com slash of course. Okay. Of go. course. Go listen to that. But you should also go onto Steam and point your Steam browser at a little game called Rogue Voltage. It is a roguelike uh game where you I don't know if you're familiar. Everyone on this call, of course, everyone knows what a roguelike <laughs> is. Everyone knows what that means. <laughs> But uh, it's like a, a role-playing game where you you gain abilities over time, uh, but these abilities are all synth patches, and you build modular synthesizers in order to attack your opponents uh, in this game. And I am I am I have played exactly one run of it, and mm. I did not understand what the fuck was happening. But I cannot wait to dive in further. Uh, go <laughs> check out Rogue Voltage on Steam. Hell so, yeah! So I mean, now you need to invite fire tools on to talk about that because i mean there's no other artist who i think could really nail that particular side of new music i gotta go tell i gotta tell fire tools about it they're gonna love this shit yeah also patreon.com slash rftb it's me synth donovan bleep bloop bleep five (laughs) dollars a month a bonus episode each week that's better than a hundred patches on your korg that's me synth donovan (laughs) And now it's the question box. Hold on, I'll be right back. Okay. Right on. Hit that music. Oh. Well, I'm gonna piss. All right, piss hit the music. <laughs> oh fuck yeah! <laughs> I wanted to get my Korg boombox in and get. <laughs> I just have a little mic. I was telling you about fucking around with Logic and stuff. I've just got my little MIDI controller and, and mic. Right. I've still been playing stuff. That's been my outlet for breakup feelings. Hey, you know. And if you need, uh, this is the Korg DS8. This is the Seinfeld keyboard, the one that makes the bass oh, sound, yeah, yeah. <laughs> right? And I got this on eBay for like $200. Um, God damn. 
Yeah, and we we used it a lot on the uh, on the re-record. And boy, what a thing this is! I mean, you really, you really just have li- to just listen to it. Just listen, listen to it. You hear that? Ooh! Oh man! Okay, I'll put it down now. <laughs> <laughs> All right, hit, hit that question box music. Asking all them questions, why you asking all them questions, making statements, uh, asking all them questions, asking all them questions, why you asking all them questions, making statements, uh, whoa, yes, yes, it's the question box, it's the segment of the show where you, the listener, can write your questions into us and we'll do our best to answer them, if you don't know how to do that, it's simple. Go to our social media at RFTBPod on Instagram and Twitter and Blue Sky later today. I got another invite code. I'm going to make the RFTB thing. Let's get off of Twitter. I'm really sick of all the fucking Nazis. Reach escape velocity. Let's get the fuck out of there. But you click that link on our social media or our website, RFTB.me. Ask a question. You don't have to make an account. It's anonymous. You got the question box. You got the text box. You type your feelings in there. You press send, and we try to answer them. What are we going to do first this week, Audrey? This one first. Bad damn it! I had a bunch of pasta before. That sounded like a horse. That was great. That was great. Okay, here we go. Here's one. Horse synth, Donovan. No. Beep boop. Okay. Oh, that's pretty good. Hi, yeah. Audrey and Dono. And guests. Don't forget the guests. Hi, guest. What's pop? <laughs> My GF outed me as bi to her friends today, and I don't know how to Fuck. feel about it. Woo. We've been dating for five years, and today she came to me and told me that she wants to have an open relationship. We had a great discussion about communications and boundary and jealousy and all that. Thanks, RFTB. Thank you for listening. Hey. And decided that we would open our relationship. Afterwards, she had a conversation with her friends and told them about it, and she told them that I'm bi, and this will give me a chance to explore that side of me. I realized I was bi about a year ago while we were dating, and she's the only person I've come out to so far. I told her that she shouldn't have done that, and she agreed, but didn't seem very sorry. This is the second time she's done this, but last time it was to a friend that I'd never really met, and then I told her that she needs to ask me first, and you can't out people, and it seems like she understood. This time it was her friends that I interact with more frequently. And I don't think I would have told her that she could out me if she had asked first. Both times she was drunk or high, but I don't think that matters. It only happened today. So I'm still processing and don't even know what to say to her. This really sucks. Is it air horns? Maybe so. Brandon, we, we play a loud air horn when we need somebody to break up with their, their relationship needs to end. And this is yeah, um, close, <laughs> it feels like, because this, this one time, the trees. out me once, shame on you, <clears throat> out me twice, you know what we got to do, it's probably play the air horn. That's <laughs> the saying that we always say on this show. Out me once, that sucks. Out me twice, during Pride Month, for God's love? During Pride Month, come, come on. on. Nope, nope, nobody, nope, nope, nope. <laughs> yeah. Um, I don't want to assume anything. But it seems possible to me, at least, that somebody is engaging in this um, uh, problematic behavior because they're a little uh, insecure about their own 
actions and trying to justify something to other people utilizing uh, somebody else's perceived sure. secret or weakness as a lever interesting i, I kind of was feeling this too and mm. there's like a snow we're doing this for good it's because my partner is 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 by not because i want to fuck the neighborhood no yeah, yeah because- no not me and again, of, of course, pro polyamory podcast, do your open relationship. We love it. I'm oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's so, fine. Yeah. That's fine. But, um, you know, sometimes people are afraid to climb into another level of life and yes. feel like they might want to step on the head of somebody that they're currently stepping away from. Ooh. Yeah. And that's. No, but he no, yeah. no, no. I got outed. That sucks. Uh, Sorry. To my parents. Uh, oh, yeah. I mean, I had started coming out to a few select people uh, at the Renaissance Festival where I worked, and it got back to my Christian mother that I was telling people that I am a bisexual person, and she was she was very chill. And I I find I find that a lot of people that you're going to come out to that you were going to come out to eventually anyway, theoretically you th- you know you figure you might eventually come out. Uh, will be chill. And so the real world ramifications of this are likely to be not as big as you maybe feel like they're going to be in this moment. Sure. However, it is an enormous breach of trust. This is a sensitive topic and it's the kind of thing you should absolutely be careful with that information once you have received it. Hey, um, honey, I love you and I love our relationship and I really want to be open with you and honest with you about all the ways I feel about the world and about life. And I like dudes too. So, um, that's information you have now. Please be careful with it. Hey, did you know (laughs) like she just, it's not chill. It's very unchill. I don't feel air horns. I don't feel air horns off it personally. I don't even, I, I think I'm a little less cuspy with it based on my experience with, uh, with that kind of thing. But it's not it's not a good thing. It's absolutely the kind of thing that I don't know if it just was it not made clear to her previously. It feels like it was made clear to her. It 100 percent sounds like it. I, I feel like Brandon's on to it with just she's feeling a little bit uncomfortable or insecure or like processing. I want this open relationship worried that maybe if i say this people are gonna think like i'm selfish or i'm trying to cheat on them or like whatever <clears throat> kind of misguided view you could have on that but like if it's your first time doing that and you've been together for five years i can understand being like hey i want to express this but like it's for good re- it's good for like him also like he's trying to yeah. explore like these things and i don't think that's like a malicious impulse necessarily and it seems like you had a good conversation about opening the thing but yeah just as a principle like that's a fucking breach of trust with the the booze or 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 high or whatever i don't think that matters either but that could also explain like i'm talking about this and i'm high and now i'm kind of wigged out on how people are going to perceive me and so i need to like couch everything and no it's good for my partner also it was a mutual thing so I guess, like, I, I, I feel you, Adrian, like, having some, I, I, not, it's not necessarily, like, a, a deal breaker here, but it is, like, a big red flag. And I feel like you got to talk through the stuff of, like, why are you, why did you yeah, just why, say well, this that's, shit? That's a good point. Go a little deeper, right? You can feel insecure about your own uh, developments in life that you're kind of, like, making a move or a decision or you're adapting to a new 
um, discovery about yourself and then throw somebody under the bus a little bit as a result because you're feeling insecure about the move yeah. on some level. But there's another layer here that goes even a little bit as a, like the sub-basement of that is, and there I always go back to my grandmother about this, uh, for whom I was very lucky and she was in my life. She um, She was the most compassionate person I knew and she was also devoutly religious, but we'll get to that. Um, in the context of other people's sexual identities, she was incredibly averse to that being anybody's business ever under any circumstances. Sure. Yeah. Right? Now, this is a Depression-era mentality in terms of our norms, but still a fundamentally sound approach to the business of other people, right? Yeah. You don't talk about other, I remember her saying to me, you do not talk about other people that way. Mm. You know, that's not your business and it isn't anybody else's. So you shouldn't be the one carrying that to somebody else. Right. right. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I mean, like, uh, I'm a, personally, I'm a complete and utter atheist, anti-theist, turn all the churches into venues with an upside down crucifix. And yep, <laughs> me, that's me. Right. Um, but I learned compassion from a religious person. Mm. Right. So there's a strange dichotomy there for me. And it has basically to do with mind your motherfucking business. Yeah. Yeah. And that's kind of, I, I mean, that. that's, that's the deal here is that there's like a, there's a level of trust or, or, or consent being broken, just getting out there and kind of utilizing your being by or coming out as just framing for this when that's just not necessary. Or could, she could just like not talk about this yet, or she could bring yeah. it up with you. Like, I'm feeling uncomfortable about open. How do we approach this? We've been together for five years. People know us as a monogamous couple. How do we let you know to explain this so that if somebody sees one of us out on a date they're not like oh they're fucking cheating or whatever you know like yeah. i get that that's a delicate thing to navigate but yeah you can't you just can't. even if it's your partner you can't just be like it's because of this fucking reason for them like that's, that's <laughs> it's not your information yeah. it's not your information yeah. to share you know and like i think that the way that she went about revealing to her friends that they were doing an open relation you do a soft launch first you yeah. know, straight up be like you do a pop-up store you know yeah. <laughs> sell some t-shirts real quick make a quick buck and then you come back with the with the full storefront we're fucking other people 2023 <laughs> kiosk <laughs> that would be incredible in a mall, an open relationship kiosk. That would kick ass, actually. I would, <laughs> I would pretty shop dope. that kiosk. If I saw that at the mall, I'd have to stop and get a keychain or something. Oh, it I would be to... surrounded by all kinds of motherfuckers. Nobody would be able to walk away from the and open relationship would, kiosk. There would be so much fucking to be had at the open relationship <laughs> kiosk. You could like pick them off like it's nothing. This is how we rebuild America's malls. I, I love yeah. it. That's Listener. how we get people in brick and mortar. Brick and mortar. <laughs> Just add some fucking <laughs> listener. Like ultimately, this is on this is on you of like how much this impacts your trust. And there's kind of no like set in stone. Well, they crossed X amount of boundaries. Like if this is a really big violation to you, like you've got every fucking right to be upset. I to completely have broken your trust wherever you're at. But like if this was if this was me, I think I'm where Audrey's at. Of like, 
I don't know. It's a new situation. They fucked up, but try to talk to them really stress that this is that's not something she can just be fucking sharing because she's outing you. But that what is driving that is she feeling weird about coming yeah. you know out with the information that you're that you're open and all of that stuff. So just have I think have that talk. I think it's salvageable. But ultimately, I also think it's it's your yeah. kind of you're the one hurt by this, you know. Yeah, yeah, and I also, if you if you do feel actually violated by this, then it is totally within your right to um, operate on a level that is undisclosed with this person in the sure. in the in the act of protecting yourself from further violation. Yeah, you can find allies who you can lean on, spend more time with. Um, who are vehemently uh, in disagreement with this sort of thing. You can find those people and you can form more lasting, more dependent relationships on them without having to be open about that part of it for yourself to be protected. You don't, you, just because somebody is trying, has outed you in the, in the pursuit of honesty and openness does not mean that you're required to then operate on that level with that person who may or may not have your best interests at heart. Sure. You know? Yeah, you could kind of play it like, uh, I don't know what you're talking about. Uh, <laughs> yeah. You're just saying shit. I don't yeah. fucking know. Uh, I, well, will say, I will say I think this moves your timetable up a little bit. At least it did for me when I got outed to a whole bunch of people. Like, I was just like, well, cat's out of the bag. I got to fucking move forward with this. Also if, unfair. So unfair. Yeah. Your and calendar like, I should be your fucking shouldn't calendar. shouldn't have had to fucking do that that way. But I don't know. I found I found utility in it almost. I was like kind of <clears> pussyfooting <throat> with when I was going to come out with it. And I got outed. So I went out, you know. And congrats but, for coming out to like, you know, even if it was just your partner or a couple. Yeah. People. Oh, my God. I remember the, the very first person I came out to was my partner. And she was just so about it. She was like, yeah. OK, cool. And I remember like. I went to like all my friends. I remember I sat down in the car with my friend Toomey way back in uh, high school, and she was driving me over to Great our friend's name, house. by the way. Great name. It's a good name. Uh, and uh, I was like, can I get the ox? She goes, yeah. I put it in my iPod, and I play Faggot by Mindless Self-Indulgence, and I go, mm -hmm. I like dudes. Come on. <laughs> <laughs> thank you for thank you for writing in here though though the listener i hope you're able to navigate this and and hopefully rebuild that trust or you know find the support you need for this because it sucks that you've got this on top of navigating an open relationship it's just a lot of shit at once so yeah we we believe in you let us know what it. you end up doing if you feel like uh if you feel like sending an update do All what right. you need to do and don't oh, worry yeah. about it, how it unfolds do what you need to do yes Honestly, yeah. If you were, if you are in a place of like, how does this impact my partner or whatever? Like, if this is fucking up your process of coming out, like maybe, it, maybe you do end it and focus on that. I guess just take care of yourself in this situation. Mm -hmm. Basically, it is easier to do a relationship entirely open than to open a previously <laughs> monogamous one. So, all right, here comes another. Here comes another question. This person is sending a follow-up, and I'm going to give a PSA here. If you write in a question, and it doesn't, not to say this this one sucked, but like, well, I don't know, we'll get one sometimes that are just stubs, and it's like, 
We're not going to necessarily get to those. But if you write in a full question, we will get to it eventually. We'll come we, around. we just seem to be growing somewhat. And now we have a million questions. And so sometimes it takes time. So please, this person has followed up. And I'm going to answer If you're in it. line, stay in line. Stay in line. We, we've not forgotten you. You're in the document. And I remember this person's question. I'm just, don't write in follow-ups unless it's like a fucking emergency, I guess. Let's use the well, honor yeah. system here. Otherwise, we're going to get a bunch of duplicates. And you fucking, you all know I'm awful at navigating documents and remembering the Patreon filter. Like, I can't fucking keep track of all this shit. So I'm reading this one, but do not, this is not encouragement to write, to rewrite your questions in. This is great. I can't wait for this. I'm so built up on this one. Man, you edged me to the, like. All right, here's here it is. Hi, RFTB. Hello. Hello. I haven't heard my question answered. See my previous comments. So I'm following back up in case you didn't get it. I am a guy in my mid to late 20s who is not very successful on dating apps. Audrey used a term for it that I no longer remember. I remember. It's in that. Okay, we'll get to that then. It was yeah. in the other, it was in their first send of the question. But the point is, I am not irresistible from the get go. However, I'm sociable and well liked by people once we interact. To that end, my friend, don't remember the fake name I used, but we'll say Eric. And I have been going out to bars to meet eligible women. The issue is that every time we go out, my friend uses me as a disposable wingman, using me to get to women somehow and then ditching me. There have been multiple times now will he eh, multiple times now where he will leave with a girl without telling me and I'm left to desperately search the bar. Recently we shared a car downtown and he took his date home in the car leaving me stranded. Mm. I feel like these bar crawls, crawls are solely for his benefit. He is conventionally attractive so it's not like he needs my help, yet he'll still beg me to come out because this time will be different. I am burnt out and I don't know what to do. Do I need to step up my game somehow? Go find connections somewhere else? Any help is appreciated. Thanks. Okay. This friend sucks. This friend Can I dive sucks. into this one? Can yeah. I go? Can I? Okay. Stop wingmanning. Yeah. Stop that it. Shit, that shit is whack. It's <laughs> it's a it's a it's an old uh, uh, barnacle from a forgotten time. Some PUA shit. <laughs> You yeah. and and also bars sometimes for the same reason are whack. Like yeah. you can you can meet and interface with people in other places. The other yeah. thing is, I know a few people who are incredibly good at getting people to like them on the internet, and have just as many relationship problems as anybody else. Yep. So they have a good start, right? But not really necessarily the the good finish, the long term play. Which it sounds to me, I don't know, I'm maybe making assumptions that you might be a little bit more geared toward the the long play. Having said, uh, I think specifically that you uh, find it hard to get people to uh, be attracted to you initially on the internet, but then later on when people talk to you, it's, it kind of works out. That I didn't don't remember the exact words there, but that yeah, gave yeah. me the impression that there's a long a long view happening. Yeah. I, I think um, they're talking in person too. It's just like the sure. struggling to start a conversation or make the connection with somebody. But then once you're comfortable, you, you kind of get on. But yeah. like struggling with the where to start and feeling intimidated by trying to talk to new people. Yeah. Totally, yeah. totally feel that. And I this believe- is an old one, an oldie but goodie. Um, it, people are fascinating. And 
If you can listen long enough to get people to start telling you some real shit, man, it is better than a book. It's better than a movie. Yeah. It's, you know, like, so like being interested in people takes some ice breaking and some navigating, but it's worth it. So, yeah. you know, develop listening skills, um, you know, think about other people and what makes them tick, have wonder when it comes to other individuals. And I don't think your friend is a scumbag. I just think that maybe the, the uh, behavior that you're both engaging in together is maybe not good for, might not be good for either one of you, Agreed. frankly. And, mm -hmm. um, and, you know, so try something else with that. Like, you know, um, there's lots of other stuff to do to meet new people. Um, bars for single scenes, rarely, I think, are they like the right <laughs> vibe. Yeah. You like, know, I, sometimes yeah. I, it has I, to I be feel like... in the construction of a scene to me like if you're if you get involved with music on the level of like i go to these shows i see these people with regularity maybe i'm gonna date one of them a culture a cult yes yeah if it's literally just we go to the place where the guy plays the top 40 music and the drinks are two dollars and we find somebody who will fuck me? That's not that's not healthy. There's not and a at lot midnight to go the new off metal of. DJ comes on and like starts rocking, you know. <laughs> well that's yeah. the, I meant to that. I think it's really interesting. <laughs> like Donovan, Donovan's <laughs> Donovan's leather bar, man. Oh wow. <laughs> yeah. I'm a little I'm a little bit under the weather. I wish I could twisted. Go, full, go full fucking disturbed with it. <laughs> no, this it's like we we fucking come back to this constantly over the past five years to the degree that it's become a bit, but like just do some shit that you're into with other people who are into it because there's an easy jumping off point. If you're at a bar, it's like there's a good you chance like somebody stuff? else at the bar just, yeah, doesn't it doesn't want to talk to somebody else. So you got to like work those odds. Then if they are interested in talking, like you got fucking nothing to go off of other than you. Do you also like drinking beer on a, yeah. on a Friday? That's <laughs> nothing. Top, cute top, tough week. Yeah, yeah. it's so just, I, I, and I, I, I'm conventionally attractive. I fucking struggled with that. Like I still, I don't know. I, I have the similar thing of like, I can struggle with how do I just start fucking talking to somebody? And I do a fucking podcast. Like I'm, I think I'm pretty good at talking, but like I feel the exact thing that you're talking about. The thing that works for me is shared activities, like friends of friends where y'all are talking yeah, about with big. joining some kind of like, you know, uh, uh, a music community. crowd or something. Yeah. Quiz night. Quiz night. Yeah. Honestly, fucking anything like this. We were put mm -hmm. on a team with a random person. Like fucking pick up sports is something you could do. Or dating Archery. apps. Fucking, yeah. Actually, <laughs> you know, that sounds funny. Dare, Great time. Dare I say rock climbing, the RFP. <laughs> yeah, class. man, absolutely. That's our classic answer. Absolutely. That's a very, I have found it to be at least a very welcoming sport. If you're new, there's usually an expert around who wants you to not hurt yourself and get it done right, or at least get started right. And if you're a pro, you know, you're not like, like, so what you can make it up to the top like we're all here to do that you know it's great thanks you know it's not, it's not like you're not going to be embarrassed you know because you're tethered and everybody no falls points. off come on man there's also just something because the the wonder thing you're talking about brandon like the approach that your friend is taking is like i am going out to pick people up yeah and so when that doesn't happen then you just like fucking went and struck out with people and that's not particularly interesting yeah, if you, you go into it with on the board yeah. yeah. If you go into it with like, we've said this before too, with dating generally, 
Just go in expecting nothing and see what happens. It's a fucking mystery box every time. Somebody might tell you some fucking crazy shit or like they're secretly famous or they grew up in the same place as you or like you have a bunch of shit in common. But to do that, yeah, you got to listen genuinely. And it's easier to start those conversations genuinely when you're not sidling up to somebody at, at the bar or whatever. So I think ditch this friend for this shit. I don't think yeah. this is the right way for you to meet people. But, but go find something else you like. I've been talking about this. I've been doing acting classes for a couple months. It's been fun as fuck because it's super vulnerable for me and scary and new. And so just going to the thing is like a fun, exciting time. But then you meet other people who are interested in that same thing. And I've like made a couple friends going to this all, already. So like sign up for a fucking class or something that you haven't done before. There's Pottery. just a, a, an element of excitement. And if it's a beginner one, everybody's on the same page. Yeah. Like, can you can you tell that all three of us are a little frustrated by bar pickup culture? It fucking sucks. Like it um, sucks. Like, I mean, I you know, maybe we're coming off a little harsh. Maybe this is something that this person wants to get right. And I would say if that's the case, A, Sorry that you're kind of talking to the wrong three people, but <laughs> but, also, move, but also but um, also consider the idea that attractive, conventionally confident people who are good at what you're talking about here are maybe not um, in a learning phase in their own lives. Like maybe they're yeah. established in in a sort of self awareness that is in in amber, right? And they're yeah. confident, they're sure about the results, so they're just rolling this this carpet out everywhere they go, and it's the same. They get they they have success with this. And if you're in a quizzical or sort of learning phase about yourself, and you're trying to develop and get into new things, there's nothing better than genuinely being interested in how other people tick. And yes. you know, yeah. so there's a big difference in in approach in those two like uh skills i think it's a really impressive skill to be interested in other people and to be absorbing and learning all the time it's something i struggle with sometimes and because i'm a very solitary person and i work alone and i write alone so like you know i don't always think about other people or how they work you know and, and, and i've gotten better at it but the thing i've never been is the trapped in amber confident yeah i roll out this way and i know i'm going home with somebody and it's no big deal bro come on you, were, you know like you were describing those two phases and i'm like i have never been in the amber phase it's yeah, always nope. been i can't remember it i you know i feel certain aspects of an amber phase when i'm when i'm working when i'm performing but it's not sure. it's not about the laws of attraction or anything it's about like i've worked hard at doing something so that i can reliably re replicate it you sure. know um so yeah, I don't I don't know. I don't know. I uh, I got my term that I used. Yeah. Uh, I would like to remind everybody the term I used was sexual marketability. Because <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's fucking hotness. True. Because hotness is like a real liquid concept. It's yeah. different for everybody. What attracts you is going to be different for every individual human being. And so to call someone objectively hot, stupid. To call mm -hmm. somebody uh, sexually marketable to be like a maybe a wider audience or whatever, then that's that's a different thing. Yeah, venture magnetism. Oh, <laughs> hey, that's uh, bars. The, the other thing they had on here uh, was just you need to step up your game somehow, and I think we've covered like here's a bunch of different places that probably would work better for you trying to meet people. But also, like, yeah, if you are in that learning phase, like, 
just being confident makes these things infinitely better. Like I, I'm, I'm dating again. I hadn't done that for like a, a year and a half, really. And I was in a more insecure place last time. I've worked through a lot of anxiety in these classes, and it is wild now to be able to go on dates and be like, I'm fucking solid no matter what. I'm not really worried about how this turns out. Maybe I think the person's cool and we've talked and it'd be nice, but like I feel like I'm at a place now where I, I don't start getting in my head and psyching myself out. And that's like a really good feeling. But that is kind of the the end product of mm-hmm. identifying I have these anxieties and, and, and mental health things that I need to work through and doing that for fucking years and failing at it a whole a whole lot. So I'd say you don't need to step up your game in the sense of like, what, what's the perfect line to fucking to say to somebody so they'll go home with me. Yeah. But just in the sense of yeah, I'm sensing like a little bit of insecurity or just a, a shyness and just kind of investigating that. And what is a pl- where, where's a place that you can challenge that that's enough to push you out of your comfort zone, but not so much that it overwhelms you. And that's where I'm like, see, again, fucking take a class, do do something new. Uh visit like challenge that in a lower stakes way than like i'm jumping in the deep end i have to pretend that i'm the most confident like bro motherfucker in the world at this bar because it's just it's right. too much and it doesn't sound like that's yeah. you and that's not me and the, either. and the wingman dust doesn't rub off onto somebody yeah. else that's not how that right. works you know <laughs> it uh, just leaves so. you without a goddamn ride yeah yeah <laughs> pretty much do we want to hit sucks. one more of these yeah you got time? Yeah, time, Brandon? Let's do it. Let's see. We're here. having a good run here. I want to get one more question in. We did that one. Should I date a narcissist? We did that one. Let's just let's just say no to that one. Should I date a narcissist? <laughs> Hard flag. Did yeah, we we'll did we no. do this? Yeah, we did this one with Robin. Shit. Yeah. yeah. Don't don't do that. Fuck. Then this is what I'm talking about with the document. I even thought we're gonna of a fix, process. We're gonna get in here. We're gonna fix this up. We're gonna figure it out. Mm. Let's do. I mean, here's one. <laughs> yeah, one? should I? Can I read this one? Do you want to read this one? It's, it's the Is, it's the choking the chicken one at the end. Choking. Okay, here we go. Control right, here we go. choking here we go. Here the chicken. Go. I got you. <laughs> Hi, RFTB. What's up? My wife and I have been together for six years now since our mid twenties. Our sex life has died down somewhat, as married couples have a ten have tend to have happen. I feel like my libido is much higher than my wife's, which I respect. I don't try to coerce her into having sex, but instead ask when the mood strikes me or consent when she's in the mood. My issue comes from getting myself off without her. I'm having a hard time sleeping. If I'm having a hard time sleeping, I will go into the bathroom and jerk off. Same goes for when I'm really fucking horny. My wife has asked me, oh, my wife has asked me to stop jerking off and she finds it disruptive when she has to wait five minutes to use the toilet one or two times a day. Should I quit choking the chicken or should she slash spit or swallow her pride? What? (laughs) That rocks. Okay. You know, you you said, should we read another one? And now I'm having second thoughts. Um, You cannot tell another person not to masturbate. Okay. If they're in the room with you and they start masturbating, you can be like, don't masturbate right now. That's a time when you can say, don't masturbate. But as a blanket thing, you can't can't do that. Especially because this is like the simplest joys in life. You can't take this from me. It's like telling me not to eat good food. It's like telling telling me me not to to listen to music. (laughs) Yeah, don't like that. No, 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 absolutely not. Um, uh, There are avenues 
to broaden your sexual uh, relationship with a long-term partner that stem from masturbation, I think. Mm. Um, there has to be a lot of open dialogue and a lot of honesty and a lot of compassion. And it has to be possible in the first place. And let's just be honest, not that your relationship is dying, but it's impossible in dying relationships, right? Like ones that are doomed. This is not a thing that I'm talking about. Ones where there is love and compassion that's enduring, uh, which is a real thing, rare, but a real thing. Um, you, I think personally that this can be a gateway to you both being more honest with each other about why your sexual relationship is the way that it is without blame yeah. assignment, without sort of like insufficiency being discussed. Yeah. Um, you know, there's no failure in this. There's only like, well, this is what's making me feel this way and do these things. And by the way, I relate to the sleep there. I'm yep. such an insomniac. I'll almost try fucking anything like, <laughs> like, like that's just, just to stop like tossing and turning. Yeah. I said that it fucking, it I works. said fucking anything. I don't mean literally <laughs> fucking anything like a grapefruit or some such. No, not that. I mean, anything for fuck's sake, you know? Yeah. Um, yes. So, yes, yeah, so that's uh, an important, and sleep cycles and sexuality are tied to one another, yep. inextricably linked, especially if you're sleeping in the same bed with another person. This is the stuff they don't tell you when you're like, I think I'm going to get married when I'm 25, you know? So um, I, I feel for you. I think you have an opportunity. I think it, yeah. this, this may be a, a, a scenario where professional help would be uh would get you there cleaner and faster um so the uh, uh, marriage therapist or a sex therapist or some such yeah um, yeah so because you've, you've you've got the libido mismatch here and you're addressing it in like a good way you know you're like i respect that my partner has less of a sex drive i don't want to like hassle them for it all the time so i'm going to take care of this myself like that's a good healthy way to do things I'm wondering if beyond just that you're taking up the bathroom or whatever, if she is feeling some insecurity on like, am I, am I not enough? Mm -hmm. Are they feeling like they're not getting enough or whatever? And like Brendan's saying, there's the opportunity there to have this conversation of I'm doing this because I perceive your libido at this level. I'm up here, but I, I love you. I want to make this work. So like, I just got to take care of it myself sometimes. And maybe you even get into like, we've talked about the difference between masturbating and sex it's yes. just a fucking utility thing sometimes. You're just trying to fall asleep and jerking off can, can help you fall asleep oftentimes. But I think you got to have that conversation because it feels to me, I'm, I'm also like just picking this up that that mismatch is there and like you're aware and you're trying to address it, but maybe you haven't had an actual sit down of like, what are your sexual needs? Here's where mine are. Like we, we know that they're different here. What's like the arrangement we could have so that we're both happy and like you don't feel like you're not enough for me or whatever is going on, but you, you got to hash that out. And if that's an uncomfortable, like some, you know, people can just be have difficulty being very vulnerable talking about these things. And like, yeah, maybe having a, a, a therapist to uh, to mediate the conversation could be could be helpful, too. But that just kind of you probably know better how comfortable your partner is with it. Maybe we're totally off base here, but that's the impression I'm getting. I think you got to just talk this through. Because hmm. uh, I, I, I don't know. I don't believe that she's like, you're just randomly in the bathroom for five minutes. And every time you're cranking it, she has to piss. Has it just synced yeah, up like seems, this? I don't buy it. Seems, 
inaccurate. Yeah. <laughs> this, this feels like bullshit. Yeah, something, <laughs> something's, something's going on there. Yeah, yeah. So just have and that the, conversation. The answer, don't never submit to this. No, you yeah. cannot. Sem- you semper crank. Semper crank. <laughs> semper crank. You. It's super. It would be super unhealthy. To like be moping around like in your own Ooh. home, like I can't even jerk off anymore. <laughs> That's like, you know, think about that. That person is so sad and so yeah. desperate and probably begins to inject toxicity into the relationship that wouldn't yeah. be there otherwise. 100%. You know, you're gonna, it's gonna make you a fucking, if you don't jerk off, you're gonna be a jerk, you know? <laughs> like, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> A term that uh, I think it was DB on YKS threw out burping the worm, which is one that I had not heard. (laughs) I just laughed about that for like fucking five minutes and texted friends. I was like, have you ever heard this? And a couple like had. I've never heard this one in my life. That's the funniest fucking term. You're you're bringing back some shit from like my, like I had like a cousin who was a garbage man in New York and he's like, Christmas Eve, I'm in the bathroom. He's knocking on the door. What are you doing? The five knuckle shuffle on the old piss pump in there, Brent? Huh? <laughs> <laughs> Caught you. It's absolutely like in the arsenal of that kind of guy is, is burping the word. I got a couple of Star Wars ones. There's, there's grooming the Wookiee. There's uh, okay. saber practice with Captain Solo. That's, there's a lot of stuff. Good. A lot of stuff to you. Yeah. Have well, a conversation. His encased in carbonite move is a little orgasmic looking, frankly. Yeah, that's an O-face. Like, he's, he's, I don't want to say what Han Solo's coming, but, <laughs> he, you know, what if that's just a it's byproduct a, of being carbon frozen? It's a little bit. <laughs> yeah. You know, the science is out. You can't help it. Like, you're just like, oh, shit, oh. <laughs> Listen, it's don't be embarrassed. This just happens to people. There is a little bit of like a, ba- a vacuum bed. Thing, Vader thing is like, yeah, there. you know, don't be. Yeah, it's, I've seen this before. You know, <laughs> don't come on. It's, don't it's don't fine. get in your head. Jabba's going to give you a hard time. But listen, he's fucking. You know. <laughs> there's, a, there's a bit of like a vacuum bed. There's a little bit of a kink thing happening with that. I remember picking up on that a little bit, like watching that movie. Like, damn, this dude's like immobilized. Mm hmm. Mm. Look at but pictures of vacuum beds. Put them side. Yeah, I could do yeah. whatever I want to rock hard, Han Solo. Yeah, this whole you think, body la- is made you think of stone. latex encasement is is hardcore, <laughs> man? You don't even fuck it in the carbonite, boy. I think Boba Fett farted on him because Boba Fett had a long-standing rivalry with Han Solo. I think when he had you him, the carbonite to. was taking him to Draw the job monster. He just fucking absolutely. Bitch. Yeah. So talk to your wife about your sex differences (laughs) is basically what we're getting at. And ask her if Boba Fett farted on Han Solo. Absolutely. All right. I we've we've nailed some questions. We've had some good advice. We've had some good chats. We gotta give Brandon a round of applause for joining us. It's been great chatting with you again. Thanks. You guys are fun. I mean I you know, I I fully enjoyed this. Oh thank Um, you. I like to hear. That makes yeah. us feel good. Appreciate you, boss. I, I know you got. Uh, I, we fucking appreciate you, and, and thank you again for uh, the support through the breakup shit, man. That was that was very cool, yeah. Oh, remember that mushroom breakfast that I had? Yes. I still think about that. That was hit, that hit, man. That was so good. That what's the name of that place? I don't remember. It was it was around near the fucking uh, convention center you were playing so at, but good. it was very solid. Yeah, Chicago, man. We well, all y'all are touring again, right? 
Oh, yeah, yeah, we're hitting Chicago again. If you go to weedus.com forward slash shows, uh, everybody, you can see all of the touring that we're doing. I think it's like we have between now and uh, November, we have somewhere in the vicinity of approaching 70 concerts. That Jesus. Yeah, so um, it's Talk a lot. grinding. you working your yeah, ass off. It's happening. It's all happening. Fuck yeah. We'll, we'll link that in the description. Go see Brandon. Go, go see Weedus. Tell him RFTB sent you. <laughs> Shout it out. No, don't disrupt the show. Now, hold up a sign with our faces. Don't you send me? That'd be pretty funny. That'd be pretty funny. Well, what we're getting the audience, because the one you'll hear is the one where the guy's like, RFTB! That one. <laughs> In between the stuff. I'll hear that We're fucking guy. I will hear that fucking guy, you know, because he knows how to shout it right at the, at the pin drop moment. Fuck yeah. Well, thank you again, man. We got to, uh, we also got to thank our patrons. I even fucking pulled the Patreon up oh, before this. And I was like, I'm going to have the list up, but I, I only brought up like the main page. So I have to. It's been open, baby. I have to. Fu- we'll get the shout out started. We got somebody new this week. We That's do. It's very exciting. exciting. Uh, let's fire it up like we do with Brock. And let's sort alphabetically <laughs> and shout out Anthony Limberg. Very good. Very good. Uh, good next, we're going to shout. Isn't that okay, good? Get ready. We got some. We got some banger names in here. Up next is our beloved day one Barb. Up next is my beloved day one. It's my own dad. Hi, dad. Uh, up next, we've got Daddy Dylan, who I took to uh, a doctor's appointment this morning, and he bought me a delicious breakfast. Thank you, Daddy. For Hell breakfast. yeah! Uh-huh. I was texting him. He seems like he's he's in a, a doing better. Yeah, on doing the good. We doing good. Recovering. We're shouting out GG. We're shouting out K friggin' money. We're gonna shout out Mall Criada. We're shouting out MC Proletariat. We're shouting out Mickey Flykick. New challenger. New we're shouting shit. out. We're shouting out Rico Suave. Let's fucking go. <laughs> Let's fucking go. We're shouting out Riley. From episode 105, the Yellow Rose of Toteland. We're shouting out Ryan, Rich Homie, Click Clack. We're shouting out Super Deformed. Uh, we're also shouting out Spreadable Fruit, who you skip. Fuck shit. That's my favorite. That's a very good. good one. That's one of our day ones too. Fucking wow. salute to spreadable fruit. Salute. We're shouting out Tufted Titmouse. And we're gonna wrap it up with our very good friend Ren. Thank you so much for supporting us at the ten dollar month level. You yeah, are the, the wind, wind beneath, beneath, our, beneath wings. our wings. You're the wind beneath our wings. Uh, if you like the show, patreon.com slash RFTB, you can get bonus episodes, Discord access, send you a sticker, shout you out if you give us $10. Uh, but if you, if you ain't got the money and you want to support us, hit us with five stars on like iTunes or Spotify. Write us a little review. We've had a couple nice ones recently. It goes yeah. a long way. We're on Pandora now. That's the thing that I did this week. We're on Pandora now. Hey, hey, what are, what are all these tall blue people? Yeah, We're on Pandora say. now, Audrey. <laughs> hey, look, it's a Tolkoon. <laughs> oh, no, the U.S. military does invade, and they, and they suck. They want all our unobtainium. People ones- are mating with their hair. <laughs> <laughs> uh, let's see. I did the intro theme. It's uh, Horn Filters, the love theme from RFTB. You can find it in more songs like it at SoundCloud.com slash RFTB pod. In our outro song this week, 
Brendan Wiedis playing Teenage Dirtbag on acoustic. Okay, guys. Enjoy it. You can take it, take a you can take a beat too if you need to. Let me see if I'm still in tune here. Sounds about right. Is the sound okay where you're where you're sitting? Today? Yeah, you sound good. Okay. Here I go then. Thanks, Radio Free Tote Bag. Her name is Noel. I have a dream about her. She rings my bell. I got you in class in half an hour. Oh, how she arrives. In kids and two songs. She doesn't know who I am.
Let's fucking go. (laughs) Thanks. You know, I I did something in that version that Max popped into my head. 23 years ago, he and I had a conversation on the tour bus one time. We were both pretty insecure about our own vocals, you know? And I said to him, God damn it. Do you ever just like, suddenly try to sing a different harmony for no reason and it you fuck it up totally and you're like why did i do that i know how the song goes and he looked at me like i saw his soul <laughs> you know and he was like oh 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 fucking oh oh god yes oh fuck oh like i don't know why it always happens i think i'm great and then i sing something and i tried that the very one that i was talking about with max i tried it into this version i just did for you and i fucked it up so it's so it's <laughs> it really great. like it's been 23 years max not any better than i was <laughs> learned nothing <laughs> <laughs>